Hello, I'm Joshua Groisberg, a history enthusiast. And I'm Jacob Friedman, founder of People's Big News. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful analysis and maybe some comedy along the way. We'd like to welcome back David Delaney, a friend of ours and a previous guest on the podcast. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. So let's just jump right into some of the more important news of this week. Being impeachment, uh, Donald Trump has recently become the first president in U.S. history to have been impeached twice. The House has uh, voted 232 to 197 to impeach him. And the Senate trial uh, will be happening in, during Biden's administration. Do you think that these impeachment proceedings are good for the hyperpartisan politics that dominate our society? They're probably not good for the hyperpartisan politics that dominate our society, but you have to impeach a president. If he wasn't impeached for this, it's very hard to argue that impeachment is ever necessary, which would be a bad thing for America. If he sets a mob against the Capitol, if he incites them to overturn uh, a free and fair election, and that isn't impeachable, then nothing is. And that would be a very dangerous precedent and one that we mustn't go down. But don't you think that, you know, the impeachment proceedings have been unusually shorter than usual impeachment proceedings for previous presidents? Don't you think Democrats are moving a little too fast to impeach him? Perhaps that's the case, but I wouldn't, I, 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 this has been the most bipartisan impeachment vote ever. So I think that the gravity of the, of the crimes and the, the pretty blatant nature of the offenses make it quite clear that the president should be impeached. And if we didn't have such hyperpolitan politics, then the president would have been impeached overwhelmingly. It's utterly ridiculous to suggest that the president who for months had, had riled up his supporters and who had, who had rallied them on the day of the insurrection uh, and told them to go to the Capitol, um, that he should not be impeached for inciting or, let's not forget, intimidating and threatening the Secretary of State of Georgia. I just want to read off the names of the 10 Republican Congress people that voted for impeachment. The biggest name, uh, Liz Cheney of Wyoming, the third highest ranking Republican in the House. Jamie Herrera Buehler, um, John Katko, Adam Kinzinger, another famous name from Illinois, uh, Fred Upton. Dan Newhouse, Peter Mayer, Anthony Gonzalez, Tom Rice, and David Valdalo. Some of these people have very conservative, very Trumpist, very Trump areas that they represent. Some of them are in Washington or in uh, more Democratic states. What, what are your thoughts on these 10 that decided to buck the party line and actually vote against an insurrection? Well, I would obviously commend them for doing the right thing, but... Um... Let's not forget that they were the ones, uh, they had been enabling this president for years. Uh, they had voted for his policies. They were approving his actions. They voted to acquit him the last time he committed an impeachable offense uh, in which there was a much longer proceeding. And they've generally been okay with most of what he's, uh, his heinous actions. Liz Cheney um, comes to mind. Well, she was helping pass his legislation. She was uh, defending him repeatedly, but Obviously, they deserve some level of praise for, for voting to impeach the president now. However, I don't think that we should view them as some kind of 
as heroic for doing this when, in my opinion, it should be the bare minimum that the president who incites an insurrection should be impeached. I do, it doesn't stop me from wanting them to lose re-election to Democrats. I have more respect for people, at least Fred Upton, didn't vote for the president. All, to my knowledge, every other Republican you listed did support the president for re-election, even while he was undermining confidence in the elections before the election had even happened. So there is a level of praise, but I, I'm careful not to let myself go overboard. Do you think that with the impeachment trial set to happen and the opening days of the Biden administration, do you think there will be enough senators, Republican senators, 17 senators, in order to convict Donald Trump? They say you need 17. You really only need to get one. Senate, soon to be minority leader Mitch McConnell. If, the, if Mitch McConnell decides to dump Trump, then I think that they'll get the votes for Trump to be convicted. Maybe, maybe his vote depends on whether or not he can get 17 Republican senators. So far, I haven't been enthused by what I'm seeing. Uh, Rob Portman, who would probably be a, a vote for conviction if they were able to get 67 votes, has been talking a lot about unifying the country, which has become a nebulous Republican talking point about letting Trump slide because of some vague notion of a reconciliation. So I, I'm not that optimistic that he'll be convicted, uh, although it's certainly possible that they acquit him but bar him from running for office again. We'll, um, we'll see what happens. Ultimately, it's, it's very difficult to predict. We still got a, a few days to go before uh, the trial begins. It's quite hard for me to say uh, what I think will happen. And several stories coming out of the uh, insurrection on the 6th. Everything from the new reports about what, about what went wrong with uh, the security to several freshman Republican Congress people uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Madison Cawthorn, other statesmen like Mo, Mo Brooks, they've been accused of inciting the insurrection, bring, um, I- illegally bringing bring guns on a House floor, not wearing masks and, pretend, and uh, exposing Dem- uh, other uh, congressmen to COVID. I think three Democrats so far have gotten COVID uh, in the past week. What do you think of all this? Uh, there's been talks about expelling these people. Do you think they should be expelled or at least censured? And if not, why? Well, I think we're, we live in very disturbing times when we have elected Congress people with open contempt for our Republic and for the democratic process. People like Scott Perry, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's pretty clear that they're not going to believe in, the vict- in, in elections unless they win them. They don't believe that Biden won the election uh, and they're not going to believe that Democrat, if Democrats win future presidential elections, I doubt that they'll believe that either. Um, so I think that's very disturbing that we, we now live in, we now live in a political world where it's acceptable to, to oppose our democratic system. It's, it's quite frightening. Should they be expelled? I think that there's probably legal justification to expel people who, um, who a who aided um, the the insurrectionists? If those stories are true, that they were advising them, if they were giving them a reconnaissance, if they thought that they could get away with helping them a little and not suffer the consequences, then they should be um, then they should be prosecuted and they should be expelled. I don't believe that Congress people have a constitutional right to object to the results. I don't believe we should be expelling everybody who objected to the results, even if I am, even if I have discussed with those who did. Or I don't believe it's constitutional or advisable 
uh, for um, to expel every single congressperson who objected to the results. However, if there are those who helped the insurrectionists, who gave them the reconnaissance that we've seen talked about, then I see no reason why they shouldn't be expelled from Congress. What about Holly and Cruz, though? Uh, both of them objected to the results after the insurrection, and both all the, their hometown papers told told them to resign. Officials told them to resign. Uh, Holly had his raised fist that made him, that made him look like less like uh, man look like less like a twenty twenty four candidate, more like Michael Dukakis or Alexander H. Stevens. How how is this? I would, defend, I would defend the honor of Michael Dukakis, but I understand the uh, the uh, yes the yes tank. Uh, but, is that the Dukakis in a helmet type of political yeah. expression? Yeah, I, I mean, think I think that was a bit more of a stupid, um, goofy attempt to win votes and less of an open rebellion. As for Holly and Cruz, I think they should both resign in shame. And I agree that I would say that the. The, the, the criminal offense or the, the offense that they committed that would cause them to be expelled wouldn't be that they objected to the results, but that they continued to egg these people on. It's it, uh, that, they, that, they, that they continued to give, they, they lend credence to their lies and they continued to, um, to, to give them support. And it's not just them, obviously. You have complete lunatics like Mo Brooks and Paul Gosar who really uh, do not like democracy. I was, I was thinking uh, former Vice President Henry Wallace, who was FDR's vice president, um, had a lot of good quotes on fascism in the United States. But he spoke about how um, the, the, one of the greatest signs of an American fascist is those how they, they pervert uh, truth and facts and reality. And it's very evident with people like Green and Gosar and Cruz and Hawley who have have been who have especially Cruz with his lawyer-like language trying to give a legal credence to these abject falsehoods. Um, so yeah, I think they should resign, and I think we shouldn't have to see them ever again. But I don't think they will resign. <laughs> Do, don't you think that you know multiple things? Um, objecting to certifying. I mean, I know this has happened before. Objecting to certifying results. But, you know, never this has never happened to quite the extent it has before, as well as uh, the impeachment proceedings going by extremely quickly. Don't you think these things create dangerous precedent for the future? They are very dangerous. Um, they are very dangerous. Uh, I think that the Republicans are, are setting a very dangerous precedent. Uh, they are undermining um, the Republic. They are undermining our norms. It, it's, it's, it, it makes our politics more violent. They've opened the door. One of the worst things about what happened at the Capitol is that it opens the door for political violence. And once you open the box, once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put it back in. It's very difficult to put it back in. Once these people know that they will get off the hook and that they can get away with violence as a tool, they will do it again. And I'm praying that on January 20th, that doesn't happen, but I'm not optimistic. There's been a, there's going to be a larger security presence, which is good, but the, 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 the sedition caucus, as they've called it, the sedition caucus of the Republican Party has, has made political violence a, a, a viable tool in our system. And that is very, that should disturb every patriotic American. Let's turn to the president-elect Biden. Last night, as we're, as we're speaking, he introduced a $1.9 trillion package, uh, what he calls the, his uh, rescue for the American economy. And with that is billions of dollars for uh, vaccines and a, and, and a commitment to the full $2,000 stimulus checks that were originally proposed that many wanted with, uh, with adding uh, 
1.4K in checks going to the original 600 checks that were sent out and uh, unemployment insurance at $400 a week. What are you thinking about this? Is this likely, likely to be passed or, or what, what should Biden focus on for rescue and his recovery? Well, I was very enthusiastic. I was very pleased when I read the, the details of the Biden re- stimulus package. Um, I was very pleased with his expansion. Some of these things will get less media coverage, but they are very important. He's expanding the earned income tax credit. Uh, in his second part of the stimulus plan, where there's probably going to be a dramatic expansion of the child tax credit, which is something that Senators Brown and Bennett, two people I'm very fond of, were pushing for. Um, and I think that there's going, there's going to be a lot of money for school, safe school reopenings. There's going to be a lot of money for transportation and for state governments. Um, and as for the checks, we won Georgia because McConnell held up, in my opinion, those $2,000 checks. And I think that sending out the, they sent out $600, sending out the, the supplemental $1,400 is the right thing to do. Uh, and I think that it, I think that, um, that, that that's a real good centerpiece and Democrats can continue to run on that. We're the party that's giving people money in a time of crisis, whereas the Republicans were the party that were blocking it. I think it's a very simple message. I think that there's been some hullabaloo about, oh, oh it's not actually $2,400. Well, they sent out $600. It's now sending out $1,400. It's possible that the media will misreport this and suggest that, oh, it's not $2,000. I believe they already are. It's actually $1,400. They already sent out $600. They, now they're sending out another um, $1,400. That's $2,000. I, I hope the, the, the messaging might be more difficult than I would like, but I, they're, sending out the, the, they're sending out the full $2,000. And I think that's what matters. They're, they're, they're putting that money in the hands of the American people. And there's a whole lot else. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be pushing for raising the minimum wage to $15, which would be massive. Now, as for passing it, Biden's got the leverage. Democrats control the House. They control the Senate. They need Maybe they need 10 votes to get around the filibuster in the Senate. But I think that they've got the leverage. Maybe they have to moderate it a little bit. Maybe they're going to have to, um, to, um, to use reconciliation um, to pass it. But I do know that if this passes in the way that it is now, in the, ve- in the vague way that it looks right now, that's a massive economic accomplishment for the Biden administration that, that marks up there with some of the biggest in our history. It's definitely a stronger stimulus than the one that Obama passed when he took office. Um, and it's, it's going, yeah, if, if it's got that minimum wage increase, it's going to go down as one of the bigger economic accomplishments of the century, which I hope it does. This, this package is going to be worth somewhere around $1.9 trillion, I believe. Do you think America can afford that? Do you think I, the American government can afford that? I don't think America can afford not to. We're in a crisis. Um, our economy, our economic recovery is now lagging. Uh, joblessness is now back up. There is no V-shaped recovery, and not to mention the fact that we've still got we've still got lots of evictions. People who are at risk of eviction, uh, it's estimated that ten thousand people have died as a result of COVID-related evictions, um, and not to mention the fact that we've got well over three hundred thousand COVID deaths to begin with. Um, if we don't pass this package, the recovery just there won't be a recovery. We're going to go into a long period of stagnation and decline. Um, we need a robust stimulus. And I wish that Congress had done this before. I wish we had a president that was involved in the process of legislation. I'm happy that we do have one. 
shows you just how important it was the Democrats win the 2020 election. Thank God they did. And thank God they won those runoffs in Georgia as well. So, um, yes, we've got a large debt, I believe now it's uh, around uh, almost $28 trillion. <laughs> Before the pandemic, it was $21 trillion. So it's it's ballooned. This is true. But Republicans have shown that they really don't have an interest in combating the, or the debt. They wanted to bail out uh, the large Wall Street firms. They didn't hesitate when they wanted to cut their taxes under the Bush administration and even more under the Trump administration. So it, the Republicans have not wanted to have an honest conversation about the deficit. Now, Ultimately, it's better that we are spending money, deficit spending in a crisis. We have no alternative. It's the right thing to do. And it's the smart thing to do. When we're, we, hopefully when we're in better, uh, better economic times, that deficit will decline and we can talk about what we want to do to reel in spending and hopefully uh, to, um, to subtract some of these, to, to make these programs temporary. I don't want a permanent stimulus package. That's not advisable. But we do. We are in a crisis. It's the right thing to do to spend this money, or else we're not going to have a recovery. The best way to reduce the deficit is with commerce and is with an economy that is that is working and that is prospering. And the only way to get there is through a stimulus that we need to pass right now. That concludes part one of our interview with David Delaney. Make sure to check out part two coming soon. that concludes this episode of Gen Zers Talk Politics. Be sure to join our Discord server, follow us on Instagram at Gen Zers Talk Politics, and on Twitter at Gen Zers Talk Poly, with an I, and add or email us to ask your burning questions. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.